Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Humility is defined as a modest or low view of one's own importance, to be humble. And humility is a value that is helpful in all walks of life, but especially in marriage and relationships. Unfortunately, it is the one that, despite good intentions, often is difficult to achieve. Now, being humble is a mindset. It's something that can be attained, and it is definitely worth the effort. So to understand what humility is and how you can get better at experiencing it, I'm joined by author Gavin Sia. So Gavin, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about what I think a lot of people aspire to, but many people have no idea how to even go about it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Leslie. And it's my warm pleasure to be able to join you to have hopefully a fruitful and valuable discussion around the topic of humility. And absolutely near on the spot, I think the topic of humility is one that really has so many moving parts. And it's sometimes so difficult to not only harness to harness the potential of humility, but to go into the depths of true humility, which is the title of my book as many of you may be familiar with, I think it's really important that we take the time and effort to not only harness the definition of true humility, but also to really understand how it can impact the way we live our lives, the way that it goes into our perspective in relationships, taking positive attitudes and behaviors, and hopefully making people and the people around us a better environment for us to all live in. So, you, you, the title of your book is True Humility. So can, and I said, and I gave a little brief description about what humility is, but can you elaborate on what true humility is? Yes, absolutely. It's so important for, for us to start off with the definition of true humility. So why I call it true humility is to really differentiate away from general humility, so I think many of us may be familiar with humility in the sense that we think about ourselves in a modest manner, in a grounded and balanced attitude. And we as individuals can sometimes find it hard to turn that humility understanding into something that's practical and actionable in all forms, ways, in what we believe, act and behave. As a result of that, I thought it would be quite eye-opening to have a title, True Humility, to really bring us to the true definition of what I believe can allow us to go into the depths of what does it mean to be really truly humble. So in my definition that I have shared in my book, True Humility, it is really defined as one's 50% strengths focus and one's 50% weakness focus. Okay. So are you able to look yourself in the mirror, for example, and see your strengths as equally important as your weakness to be the best version of who you can be today in the present and who you can be in the future with the tools ready to hand for you to not only nurture yourself, but also to have the fallibility as a person that you will make mistakes but how comfortable and confident are you in those moments, in those areas where you will fall to pick yourself up and say, it's okay. I know that today is a moment for me to learn from my mistakes 
and be able to walk from that in humbleness and groundedness. So that we have the definition in my terms of what I call true humility. So that's really, really interesting. And, and I love, I love, and I'm also a little bit challenged by the idea sure. of acknowledging our strengths as mm-hmm. part of being humble, because I think a lot of people think of humble as, I don't, not quite self-deprecation, but almost, you know, that it's the, that, yes. that if I'm humble, I, I can't be proud. If I'm humble, I can't acknowledge that I do these things mm-hmm. well, that, that I think a lot of people get caught up in humble is just meaning beating myself yeah. up for all the things I don't do well. Sure. I, I completely, I completely understand that. And I think that's where the challenge of how do you really practically apply humility or in this case, true humility in our everyday life with this paradox that we always have to battle within ourselves. Are we stepping into the toes of pride? Are we stepping into the toes of false humility? I think that's where it was so critical for me to also explain the definitions of where pride and false humility falls into. So in my definition, in, in my book, I talk about pride leaning towards one's overly focused strengths mindset. So sometimes we try our best to be the best version of who we can be, and we pour so much effort into trying to lean into our strengths that we sometimes lose ourselves in our areas of weaknesses. As a result of that, we create a blind spot that we're unable to see. And when we fall into the worst part of ourselves and we feel like the worst person, sometimes we can experience false humility, which really brings us one step closer towards an overly weakness-focused mindset. So if you place true humility right in the middle, the balance, the midpoint of the two polar extremes, that's where you're able to see very clearly where true humility and true modesty sits itself in. It's about taking the two polar opposites and finding that midpoint. And through that, you will be able to see where true humility sits itself in, a balance of confidence and yet a grounded attitude towards your areas of improvement, your weaknesses and your fallibility as a human. Hmm. So I think that's where um, we're able to clearly see how to bring the paradoxes, the contradictions into that midpoint. That's a really interesting, that's a really interesting perspective. And I've never thought about it that way, but it fits with my kind of mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't really like extremes of any kind that usually yes. the, usually the best point is somewhere in between. It's, it's a balance of those things. So this kind of fits. And I, I, I never <laughs> really thought about humility this way. So I'm really enjoying this. So, but we're Thank talking you. about humility and, and what makes it an important value? Why should people, you know, strive for, for being more humble and, and not falsely humble, but, 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 genuinely humble. Yeah, I, I think to go into that, I, I have to share a bit more context in terms of how I was able to find true peace and balance from a place of true humility. I think when I was able to really understand what does it really mean to harness the potential of your strengths, yet be so fluid and so adaptable to your areas of weaknesses, that's where you're able to see where peace and balance can come out stronger and in a positive frame of mind as well. So as, as I was able to recognize that, I was able to see that 
the attitude that I'm putting towards growing and improving, as well as adding value and not having to wait till I'm perfect in something, mm. that's where it's a good place towards making the world a better place. So when we talk about values and objectives, like working towards a Kappa Dion mindset, making a legacy for those around us and to make the world a better place, the best way to start that is by having that humble mindset and approaching life as one step closer towards making my life as well as those around me a better place. And when we're able to apply our strengths and weaknesses in a conversation with someone, in a dialogue with someone and express ourselves in a vulnerable way, that's where that humble ecosystem can be created. So when we talk about let's make the people around us a better place in relationships or in the workplace or in society and communities, often enough, it is because we strive towards be, being humble that people feel like they can connect with us. People can feel like they can open up to us because we have the strengths and weaknesses and they can feel that. So I think often enough is the fight that bounces off a person that is truly humble, that opens and creates that safe, positive environment. So I think this is the reason why more people should strive towards aspiring to a humble mindset, towards a humble mindset. So what if what have you discovered gets in the way mm-hmm. of, of people, you know, uh, adopting this mindset? Because to me, being humble, having humility means, you know, if, if I can accept that there are some things that I do well and also accept that there are some things I don't mm-hmm. do well. Sure. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing for me to learn about either one of those things that it's, you know, and then if I'm humble, Mm -hmm. there's a recognition that, Mm -hmm. um, there are still things that I can improve on, even on my, you know, that, that on both sides of the coin, my strengths, my challenges, I can improve on. Absolutely. Um, But so, but what, but what gets in the way of people just accepting that, especially when we're talking about being being in in relationships? Because you know that's a, especially a marriage. That's that's a real test of all our character. I think. Yes, I completely agree. I think it's an asset test um, in terms of the way that we apply humility. I think more often than not, when it comes down to the the nuts and bolts bolts of what does it really mean to harness that potential of humility, it's often a tussle within ourselves to find the truths about how do we make mistakes and be comfortable with that? How do we feel confident when we are still in a place of growth and learning? And how do we apply that in a vulnerable way? I think a lot of that comes by having that mindset that at the larger scale of who we want to be, what is our goal? If our goal is to be a better person and if humility, my strengths and witness balance mindset gets me one step closer towards working in the direction of becoming better, that's a good place to start to assess where your value disposition is sitting in and how can humility get you one step closer towards that. And from that place, you're able to see how you're able to add more positive value to the people around you, especially when it comes to a relationship. And having that give and take mentality comes out stronger when you have that humble mindset. 
So I think this is one of the keys to finding those emotional stability that I think often enough we find ourselves really challenged when we have difficulties to open ourselves because we're keeping to that belief system that we've been just so used to, that past habit, that past um, challenge that we have always thought that this is the one way and that one solution. So keeping ourselves in that narrow box sometimes leads individuals to not see the benefits and the truths and the beauties of humility. And as a result of that, more often than not, people can can make humility out to be something that it's a lesser value, it's a value that is seen to be meek and lowly. As a result of that, probably humility is not going to lead me to a place of confidence building or positive stability. So I think this is one of the keys as to why individuals find it difficult to harness the potential or to lean into humility to find stability, whether is it in the in, inner self or in the relationships that they have with others. Yeah, because it's, you know, as, as you're talking about this, and I'm, mm. I'm thinking about many of the clients that I work with and, and you sure. know, a lot of the places that they get stuck yes. is, you know, is that, and I've said this, I actually said this once and my sister got really mad sure. because she thought I was being, you thought I was being um, condescending, but, sure. but, you know, to me, being in a relationship and um, mm-hmm. there's a, a quote and I cannot I can't not remember who said it, but it's, you know, marriage is our last best chance to grow up. And because yeah, it sure. challenges us in so many ways that here's mm-hmm. this person who's different from us, always has yes. been, always will be. And, you know, I do things my way. You do things your way. Yes. And, and we get into this right and wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. It's like, well, it works. So I'm not really, you know, I'm just doing it in a way that's comfortable for me. But but that kind yes. of seems to stir up the these feelings of inadequacy. So how does that mm-hmm. kind of work with humility? Because I would think that, you know, any characteristic, you know, there's, it, you know, there's positive and, and yes. not positive aspects of the same characteristic. So I'm wondering if, humility is the is the flip side of inadequacy is that even close well i i think there's so many different moving parts in in what you've just shared and and i think it's important to see from a, a perspective of where true humility is um it's not really just sitting itself in a binary zero or one, winning that it's not a, a win or lose sum and, and or gain, whether is it in terms of solving or resolving an ongoing situation where there are differences between individuals. Say, for example, we are having this agreement about something. Um, does it mean that you're right or I'm wrong? No, probably not. It's we are working towards a solution and goal. And if humility, by us having that approach that perhaps I'm I'm not sure what solution we could take, but let's do it as a team. Let's do it as a collective. Let's put some let's put our hands together with our collective strengths and weaknesses. And let's try to resolve to something that we can feel comfortable towards a goal and objective that we can hopefully aim to aspire in a positive frame of mind. So I think often enough, it's about having that humility to not only work towards a solution, but sometimes it's about even two parties could be in a place of weaknesses. Two parties could be in a very negative space, 
But if both parties recognize that from, we need to work towards our strengths. We need to play to our strengths and work ourselves away from a place of false humility. In, in my definition, that means that we are working away from an overbalanced perspective and working to a perfectly finely poised balance of our strengths and weaknesses. So I think that's where, you know, that could be helpful in a situation where individuals could find themselves in a tough spot and work towards a collective solution instead of beating each other up because of those differences that they find themselves in. Oh, I love that. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm talking about the importance of humility with author Gavin Sia. And if you struggle with needing to be right, with apologizing, with making room for your partner, you may actually have an issue with humility. And this is damaging your relationship. If you want to be better at being a team player, at being a better partner, then I can help. And if you're ready to make a change, I invite you to get in touch with me and schedule your free, no obligation, five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. Coaching and is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com, or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this com- important conversation about humility. So, Gavin, you know, in your book, you talk about this and how does humility relate to emotional stability? Very good question. And I think to go into that, we really have to understand three moving parts in the conversation that we have started today. So I think when we're able to see true humility, it's about able, you're able to see the extreme ends of the value disposition of where true humility is, where pride is, and where false humility is. The same notion you can apply that to emotional states. So emotional states, the three overarching emotional states are positive emotions, neutral emotions, and negative emotions. So if we see positive emotions to be in the center and negative and neutral emotions are at the polar extremes, that's where we're able to see that when true humility's application of one's strengths and weaknesses are in line with your positive emotions, that's where you have emotional stability. So for example, if you're working towards a goal as a team, it's about collectively working towards a positive goal. So that's an overall objective that you're working towards. If the negative emotions are not helping us as a team to get towards that goal, perhaps we are not anywhere close to a collective true humility and a positive emotional outcomes that we're hoping to seek towards. And once we are able to find that alignment, it becomes really clear what is the goal and objective that we can all aspire to work towards. So this is how true humility becomes that facilitator towards positive emotions and eventually bring us one step closer to stability and the calm that we're seeking to endeavor towards. That's a really interesting perspective. And you know, this idea of, you know, the harder emotions, the ones that get, you know, the ones that don't make us feel good, the ones that yes. create some challenges. So if I'm experiencing mm-hmm. 
one of these harder emotions. And maybe, you know, my partner and I are working towards a solution and, and, you know, something happens and yes. I don't react well. I, you know, I, I get frustrated. I, mm-hmm. I, I feel anger. Um, maybe I feel hurt by something my partner says in the idea of, of true humility. What do mm-hmm. I do with those? I mean, I'm feeling them, yes. right? <laughs> what, what do I, how do I handle them? Yes, um, I love the question because it brings me to one of the key applications that I discuss in my book, which is called True Humility ART Test Method. So what does, it, what does ART stands for? It stands for Assess, Reflect, and Think. Okay. So we sit down together in this difficult situation that we find ourselves in. We have all these emotions that we're keeping and it's bringing us to a place where we feel like we need to express them. We need to um, tell the other person how we're feeling so we can get one step closer towards a solution. So I think more often than not, it's about starting first with an assess. Assess what went well and what didn't go so well. Why are we feeling this? Diff- Why are we feeling what we're feeling? Because sometimes those negative emotion that comes up, it guides us towards those negative emotional states. As a result of that, we're making situation the situation seem worse than it might have been, if not for assessing the situation. And going to the reflect, it means that we reflect on what happened to applying our true humility. Are we applying our strengths in this situation? Are we applying our collective witnesses in this situation? And think, think about what we can do to work towards a future positive goal together. So perhaps it's about opening up to potential possibilities where we're vulnerable enough to say that perhaps I'm wrong in this situation. Perhaps it's my time now to share with you what I think might work, but I want to hear from you what you think in this situation. So I think it's about both parties coming together, having that humility to apply true humility in this situation. So I hope that that has helped us unpack that idea better. Well, you know, and, and you're, and, and so what I'm hearing um, Mm -hmm. is that one of the conditions that may be the wrong word, but one of the things that that kind of needs to be in place Mm -hmm. in order to be humble is the V word, vulnerability, the, the willingness mm-hmm. to, to put a thought out there or put a feeling out there that maybe I'm not sure about. Maybe, yes. you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm putting it, but, but I might be afraid that yes. it won't be accepted. So I hold yes. back. I mean, so it, it almost mm. sounds as if true humility is also associated with vulnerability. Yes, yes. In the other spot, I think assessing and going into the depths of true humility, it comes with that openness and vulnerability in order to open up the potential of where you are able to see both your strengths and weaknesses as equally important, two feet at the same time in every situation, in every circumstance that you find yourself in, be it negative or positive. Are you able to have that openness to say that, Perhaps in this situation, it's time for me to apply my strengths. Perhaps in another situation, it's time for me to be vulnerable, to share that I'm, I don't know the answer to this situation. 
I'm not sure what solution that could look like. I need your help to get ours one step closer towards that idea that we're working towards, that future goal that we are all aspiring towards. So I think that assessment is so critical towards having that true humility in working towards a positive relationship or a goal that we are working towards as a collective. So it's really funny because, um, you know, and one of one of the things that I have always admired about my mm-hmm. husband sure. is that he does he has never had a problem saying, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, when he was in grad school and I, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be at his presentations or whatever and somebody would ask him a question and he'd go, you know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I'll get back to you. And I'm like going, oh, my God. You know, um, why do we have such difficulty mm-hmm. just acknowledging I don't know? I think in all of us, we have this show from the time that we've left our formative years as a child, as we grow, as we grew up towards our teenage years and eventually in adult years, a lot of ours have over time put on layers to cover up areas that we're so afraid for people to know. Mm. And we're, as a result of that, create that false sense of security within ourselves. And often enough, that leads us to a place that we feel worried about someone's judgment or perspective towards what we're going to express is that in line with what they are expecting in return. As a result of that, more often than not, vulnerability and true humility gets further and further away from people's horizons. And as a result of that, sometimes it can be difficult for individuals over years, over many years, several years, to be able to come back to that place of vulnerability and that childlike humility, so to speak, and be able to tap on that, to come forth in that true, truly open person um, persona that we're trying to create and work towards. So I think that's one of the key reasons why perhaps some individuals may have walked away from that humility. So what are, what are some things that if, if I want to, if I want to increase Mm -hmm. my humility, if I want to embrace the concept, this concept of true humility, what are, what are some things that, that maybe I can do that would that, that would help me down that path? Very good question. And, and there, are, there are many ways that we can look into this, but I think three helpful tips that I can share with you today, as well as for your listeners and audience. The first is how often are we spending our time worrying about what should I do to make myself happy? Why am I constantly not feeling at peace with my life in my present, as well as the tools that I have in place? I think often enough, we start from that perspective. And as a result of that, we often enter into a really vicious cycle because we go from what should I do to make myself happy, go through the process of finding solutions. And we end up in the place where we tell ourselves that I'm never going to find happiness. I'm never going to be good enough to solve this situation. So that's the first key. The second tip that I think can be really helpful is that once you've accepted the situation you're in, be it positive or negative, or even in a place where you find yourself not to be in a stable in a stable zone where you're still trying to work out your purpose or your answers, don't worry, accept the situation. Instead of focusing on what you can't resolve, 
Focus on your existing strengths and weaknesses to resolve the situation. So it could be your courage, it could be your resilience, it could be your persistence. Combining it with your weaknesses, maybe you're not so strong in conversing. Perhaps you're not so good at communicating your、uh, frustrations with your partner or your your coworker. So a lot of that has to do with finding that ability to weave your weakness and your strengths in a given existing present situation. The third tip that I think can be really helpful is think of a big goal, a big vision. Could it be I want to make my Existing situation a better place, and more often than not, those positive emotions will spring out from that situation because you have dedicated yourself to wanting to work towards a positive frame of mind. And from that place, you will know where your strengths and weaknesses can be funneled to solve and resolve the existing situation to bring you one step closer towards a brighter future. So I think those are three helpful tips that I can share that can empower us to increase our true humility. Well, and it sounds as if mindfulness, being just becoming more aware of,、sure. is a huge aspect of this. That、mm-hmm. and 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 it's the idea of becoming aware without judgment. Which I think is, a, I mean, yes, is, is a challenge for lots of us. I mean, I, you know, I, I know that I'm guilty of of you know, severe judgment of myself.、Um, it's, <laughs> it's you know,、um, it, one of my least favorite words in the English language is the word "should" because that's a judgmental word, as far as yeah,、I'm、sure. You know that when、yes. that word, when that word shows up, it's like, oh, okay,、um, and and that also takes us out of the present. And and you know、yes. and, and it is it's this balance of past present future because you know we do、yes. we are impacted by the past we're living in the present we're focused on the future、yes. and somehow we have to find this balance and it、yes. sounds as if humility might be a pathway to that balance am I, is that what I'm hearing. <laughs> Yes, I think、um, elements of what you have mentioned in terms of being really aware of where your thoughts are driving from and towards it 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 leans itself into our understanding of our past, present, and future. You're really right in the sense that those time charts and time paradigms it crosses into our understanding of true humility because when you're able to to tell. Into your present moment and where you're at, drawing from even your past strengths into your future objective and goals. Those elements will come in stronger when you have that true humility perspective. Say, for example, you're in a very difficult journey where you have weeks and months of just negative circumstances, negative situations, and you can't seem to control those. Issues and emotions coming through.、Mm-hmm. More often than not, we have to lean into our past strengths to balance ourselves. So, one technique that I use、um, in order to draw out the true humility perspective is that sometimes, if I'm going through a negative rut, a, a stream of weeks of difficult times, I often would try to start my day. Reminding myself of my past strengths、mm. and end the day reminding myself of how far I've come. So that leans into working ourselves slowly as we ease off to the end of the day. Those moments where we can reflect, 
with gratitude and appreciation, that comes out stronger when you have the element of true humility throughout your perspective of the past, the present you're in, the present day you're in, and the future objectives and goals that you're hoping to work yourself towards a positive frame of mind. So I think all these concepts are interconnected, but with true humility as a guiding light, that can really help and encourage us because that means that every part of the journey is an opportunity for us to be better. I love it. So Gavin, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and sharing this big concept and making it a little bit more manageable. So where can people get your book? Where can they learn more about this and get on this path to, to true humility? Because I think the world would be a much better place if we all jumped onto that bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that one day it will be a bandwagon. I think we're still some ways towards that, but yes, absolutely happy to share how you can find my book. You can find it at any good bookstores in the nearest city you're in or today via digital platforms like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and or leading ebook platforms, you will be able to find my book, True Humility. You can also find me at on Instagram at the True Gavin and on Facebook at Soy of Humility, as well as feel free to hop onto my website, www.soyofhumility.com to find out more about what I do the, mess, the mission that I'm on to spread true humility to as many people as possible, one person at a time. And I'll be more than happy for you to check out my channel and to learn more about my journey. Great. So to be able to work as a team, which is an essential to a successful marriage, it helps to be a bit humble. And being able to put your, partner ne- your partner's needs ahead of your wants is important. And also to do that, it helps to develop some humility. So my question is, what would help you do that? One, you need to get Gavin's book. And two, I'm hoping that you will still continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving.